0: So in this digital age where we're in front of computers all the time we sometimes forget especially when we're selling and i do this too we forget that we're talking to a human being we do all the time right and so there is actually a greater requirement i think as salespeople, we have a greater obligation to remember our humanity and the humanity of the people that we speak with and they're going to recognize it if you do this well if you do this powerfully you will earn more money Uh, And so it's, but it's so easy in this age of Zoom and social to forget about the humanity underlying all sales.
1: Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and
2: social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. Bryn, who's joining us today?
1: I'm so excited to have uh, my new friend, Dan King, who is brilliant at helping creator CEOs, the CEOs with all the great ideas, actually identify the right ones and execute them really for dramatic growth and uh i'm gonna let him continue the introduction of how he helps but i'm so excited for our listeners because they are going to be blown away by dan hi dan
0: hello Brennan, bill and yes let's bring the excitement today let's have a lot of fun so i'm a co-founder of a company called fireside strategic and we have a video cast podcast of our own we've interviewed over 100 ceos And we were reflecting on what was the experience of, like what could we learn from interviewing 100 CEOs? And we realized that there was a, we noticed like two categories. Most CEOs were either what we would call engineers or creators. The engineers are like the professional CEO who comes in after the founder gets a company going. They're very good at building systems and making the trains run on time and optimizing everything, right? They move the levers, but then there's the creator CEOs. These are our clients. These are people that are less motivated by dials and numbers and more motivated by ideas and people and mission, they're the people that change the world that's why we're excited to work with them. But every gift has a shadow. So every creative CEO every creator CEO has a billion ideas and possibilities, some of them are good, some of them not so good right and they get lost in those possibilities, I know this because this has been my journey in business as well. And so the key to truly dramatically growing your company, we'll get into how this matters in a sales context in a bit, but the key to dramatically growing your company is determining what's the white space for your company. What is the place where you can serve at the highest possible level at the highest possible price point impacting people in the most powerful way? And when you find that that one possibility, everything changes, you will earn more. Life will be easier. Your sales team will be less stressed, by the way, because you're not going to be chasing the wrong prospects for too low a price point. Everything is going to change. And so we help creator CEOs find that white space and grow into it.
1: That's fantastic. Bill, what's our first question?
2: (laughs) I can't wait to to dive into those, those two yeah, our, I love it. Our listeners are thinking, okay, what about those two? But before we get to that, Dan, we ask every guest the same first question. What does making sales social mean to you?
0: To me, it is so easy to lose track of empathy. So in this digital age where we're in front of computers all the time, we sometimes forget, especially when we're selling, and I do this too, we forget that we're talking to a human being. We mm-hmm. do all the time, right? Right. And so there is actually a greater requirement. I think as salespeople, we have a greater obligation to remember our humanity and the humanity of the people that we speak with. And they're gonna recognize it. If you do this well, if you do this powerfully, you will earn more money. Uh, And so it's, but it's so easy in this age of Zoom and social to forget about the humanity underlying all sales.
1: We love that. And, you know, the authenticity, the integrity, uh is is critical and in social selling we talk a lot about it's really important to treat the person on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table you know so it just because it's on a social media platform doesn't mean they're all leads you wouldn't walk into a conference and say everyone in this room is a lead right so i love that you said that they're 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 people I, I'm excited to dive deep into the creator CEO. I mean, that's who you're primarily working with. I'm going to, I think that's where I fall. I've got a ma- bajillion ideas. Um, we have an operations manager who brings me down to reality often. Um, but I, how do you wrangle, yeah. uh, you know, a, a CEO or business owner, even if it's, you know, a small a business owner of a small company that's got all these ideas a little bit of shiny object syndrome right how do you how do you wrangle that initially
0: it's a great question and i'm gonna say that it's a three-step process it begins with the sales process and it begins with building their awareness a little bit of education although people that have been running a company for a while they kind of get this about themselves ultimately that they are a little confused, they've yet to step into the place of highest power for their business. Mm -hmm. So it begins in that sales process and and helping people, if that's the truth, if it's not the truth, cool, right? But if it is the truth, helping them realize that. So that's step one. Step two is finding the white space through phenomenal strategic market research. So I'm fortunate that on our team, we have a world-class, my business partner is a world-class strategy consultant she worked in that domain at the highest level uh, in her previous life and she brings that expertise to doing phenomenal research to understand what is your competition doing at the moment what is the space what's the gap that your competition isn't finding that you can carve out that is highly profitable and that will actually save you time because you know most of our clients are services businesses And they have too many clients at too low a price point. It's not that they don't have enough clients. They actually, in many cases, have too many. And the CEO is running in a gajillion directions, exhausted all the time. And when I'm in sales conversations, they'll say, oh, I don't have, this sounds great, Dan. I don't have time for this. I'm like, the fact that you don't have time for this is why you need this, right? Right. That's step step two. And then step three, once we really found that white space, it's, and this is where I come in, i'm I've trained as both a salesperson and as an executive coach. We carve out within the broader white space, a place where there's actually variety. And you may be saying to yourself, well, I thought you were just talking about focus Dan. You create an umbrella under which there is actually room for variety. There is one organizing theme and usually language that resonates with the target audience. But within that, there's all kinds of possibility. One way to think of it is, Underneath singularity, there's multiplicity. So as an example, our tagline is we help creator CEOs direct their time, team, and energy towards dramatic growth. That's a singular focus. When I meet a creator CEO, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But we have clients that range all the way from one of the world's largest financial institutions to a friend in Staten Island who has a 10-person company. Mm -hmm. They're all creator CEOs. And so there's a ton of variety how we work with one of the world's largest financial institutions is very different than my friend in Staten Island, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a singular focus. So we've embedded variety within the singular focus. And one of the keys with creator CEOs, you can't tell them you must focus, you must suddenly change from your entire life of running around after a billion possibilities to you must do one thing, that's not going to work. They may claim that Mm -hmm. it'll work, even like it won't. But what you need to do is embed within that focus variety that's step three
2: so, so it seems to me like what you re- what what you're really talking about is simplifying the sales process you're, you're giving them options but you're giving them focused options in, in order to more to, to better control that that creative mind that you're that you're dealing with
1: Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in.
0: Guardrails. Exactly. Guardrails are a really powerful way to think about it, right? Mm -hmm. And- it takes some discipline because, hey, this person called me up, they're a prospect, they're kind of interesting, but oh, I'm doing my due diligence and I realized their budget is only 10,000. You committed to a minimum deal size of 30,000. Are you really going to go after that $10,000 client? It's going to be a lot of angst, It's going to destroy the feeling of spaciousness that you want. It's going to lead to you running around like a chicken with your head cut off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so guardrails are really important for creator CEOs. Uh,
1: so I love this. Now, you know, so as, as someone who uh, relates deeply to this, right? We, we test things, we decide, do we like this? Was this the right price point? Was it not the right price point? Yeah. Um, and then we go to the whole team and we, you know, we discuss this. And then I go to like seven friends and say, what do you think of this? And so everyone then comes back with a different thought, a different perspective. How important is it, number one, to be to get clear? And how do you, I'm going to go back to the word wrangle, right? So mm-hmm. now we, we have this idea that we're going to go ahead with. Um, mm-hmm. And now there are 17 different opinions on what that idea looks like. So how do you then bring that in again um, to make sure that what you're launching is what the market wants?
0: The most important thing is if the research is sound, uh, the market will want a version of it. You kind of know that going in, that's why we do the research. Mm -hmm. Exactly how it all looks, yeah. I can't pretend though that the research is gonna tell you everything about how the journey will be because it's a rich, complex journey and it could evolve in all kinds of different ways. And so once you, if the direction is strong enough things sort of lock into place where, all right, now you experiment and you actually can let the creative mind run wild a little bit within the predefined guardrails. So in other words, you may find, oh, it's actually um, gardeners in Staten Island who are the best fit. You didn't know that, but gardeners within Staten Island were one of the groups underneath the broader umbrella. Do you follow me? Mm
1: -hmm. So it's about really niching in and making sure that that you're going after the, so the research, is, it comes down to the research. So without giving away your secret sauce, because I'm certainly not mm-hmm. asking that, what are some things that CEOs can do for research? So these business owners are like, okay, I bought in what Dan is saying makes tons of sense, but I don't know where to begin.
0: I'm gonna give one big I want to give you one big thought on that. And that's that how we have been taught to do market research i want to say it's wrong, it's somewhat wrong. So if you go to every single Business 101, Services Business 101 class or course out there, they'll say, you must find your target market. Pick an industry, pick an avatar. It's not totally wrong, but usually what happens is it produces very analytical thinking. Mm -hmm. And we try to force ourselves into a category that sometimes works, but it often doesn't. And it often doesn't for creator CEOs Who must find meaning. So for them, it's not just the analytical thing. An engineer CEO can, it's more likely to work for. But for a creator CEO, what's so important is that you find the category you pick meaningful. You need to feel joy and energy when you announce to the world, this is who we serve. And so instead of thinking along the lines of these predefined categories, create your own category. Or even better, look at the humanity. Okay. Look at this sort of human experience of being with various potential clients and spot patterns. So no one was running around the world serving creators, CEOs, you know, there may be a few other companies that do it, haven't found another company that uses that category, we created our own category, rather than looking at some listed industries, and saying it must be gardeners in Staten Island, if you follow me.
1: Yeah. So when you're doing this research, and you're looking at what competitors are doing, or the gaps, what they're not doing, where the white space is, how much of the white space is influencing go-to-market and how much of it is, Hey, this, you know, the CEO and their company is just really, really good at certain areas that are underserved. Like when you're choosing that.
0: All of it. So what we have found is with every single client, the white space is, and I didn't do a great job defining it. So your question's great with every single client we've ever had. There is a the white space is like the promised land. It's where your company serves at the highest possible level. It's where you're you you've uniquely understood enough about yourself as a CEO and your team to really understand the gifts, and you're juxtaposing that with market need, market demand, right? So this promised land, if you've never felt it, it may seem a little aspirational. It may be like, Well, we're not that different. Yes, you are, you just haven't done the work to find out yet. So Mm. the market research is it's introspection and it's exploring the world. It's, but it's marrying all of it.
1: I love that. I think that that's, that's amazing. So I want to move this just quickly into the marketing side of that. So Mm. now we've found our niche. This is what we're really good at. This is where the white space is. We're going to go to market. How do you market that without alienating the other clients that you've had or Getting in the way of attracting some clients that may not 100% fit that, but would be a good
0: uh, client. Can I challenge the premise of the question a little bit? Yes. Um, I'm not sure we don't want to alienate some people, even some existing clients. This is the thing most creator CEOs, and I count us amongst that crew, sometimes have had the wrong clients. So when you're not in your white space, you're probably serving people at a too low a price point who are not really a fit for you, who may even, I mean, I've, we've all probably had this experience, both as salespeople and as CEOs. Um, we have client. we look at the calendar one day and we think, ooh, this client's there. Mm. At some level, we deep down know, eh, this isn't it, right? And so your white space is this, every client that's in your white space, you should look at the calendar and you should be excited to speak to them. When I saw this conversation on my calendar this morning, I was excited, right? This is how intuitionally I kind of get, this is a space where I'm supposed to be. So we should, in my opinion, actually be alienating some people because it's in their interest to be served by others, not us, if they're not in our white space. So that's one thing I'll throw out there. I think a second though, is what's interesting about picking an unusual category, in your whites the white space gets us to not a predefined category, it gets us to a new category very often. People aren't used to being spoken to like that before. So when I meet a creator CEO, no one's called them that before it resonates with them on a different level. And so it's actually more powerful for bringing in the right people and more powerful for excluding the wrong people.
1: I love that. And when I think about this, I'm, I'm going to just bring it back to us. Cause that's where my head is. But when I think about this, we have some clients that they want a magic button. They don't want to do the work. And then there are some clients that are so excited to do the work that they're taking it to different levels. So, um, you know, for me, I just had sort of this mic drop aha moment that we have to talk to people that are willing to put in the work because we don't sell, you know, a magic pixie dust.
0: No, no right? press, you, know, what? No you don't, I, I I, already bought it from your sales page.
1: <laughs> well, that's what they're hoping. No, but that's interesting. And, and I love it. and I love all of our clients. I mean, I have connections with a lot of them, but there are a lot of folks that will say, you know, this LinkedIn thing isn't working. I reached out to five people and I didn't get anything. Right. And so you're like, okay, I need, you know, we need to attract salespeople that are willing to do the work because then you're going to be blown away at how successful it is. So that, that was a good light bulb moment just for us. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, So I'm sure a lot of our listeners, whether they're uh, entrepreneurs or they're CEOs of, you know, with a 10 person company or Maybe you're in a a C-suite or even a sales leadership role in a company that is feeling slightly misaligned. If you're CEO or you are this creator person, you might have had some amazing aha moments too in this, I think. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that that was really kind of cool. Like I have little like goosebumps right now. I'm like, I want to get, I want to finish this up so I can get started on fixing (laughs)
2: Yeah, and actually, we are coming to to the end of our time, and and Dan, so we really appreciate all all you've shared with us and and taught our listeners and us. Um, How can folks connect with you and stay in contact with you?
0: So what i recommend is you take a look at our homepage. It's firesidestrategic.com. Take a look. You can learn a little bit more about what we do, and if it looks interesting to you, there is a, a couple of buttons there to apply for a conversation with us. If you want to explore what this could look like at your company so pretty simple firesidestrategic.com is the place to go
2: right and folks can find you on linkedin they
0: can yes i may
2: or may not check it but no no
0: so someone will check the linkedin account you, you can find me there too we we,
2: we, can, we can help you with that so uh dan king thanks so much for being with us on making sales social And uh, thanks everyone for for watching and listening. And we'll see you next time. Just remember this week as you're out and about, don't forget to make your sales social. Bye-bye everyone. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest
1: instructors bringing you marketing, sales training and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play.
2: Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.